Hello, everyone, and welcome to my podcast, Body Justice. I started this podcast because I believe that all bodies are good bodies. All bodies are deserving, worthy, and all bodies are whole, just as they are. In today's world, it's ever hard to embody this as our truth. My mission is to create a space to process body image, eating disorders, and relationships through a justice-oriented lens. I'm a licensed therapist in California and an eating disorder survivor myself. I know what it's like to be at war with myself and also to find peace again. Thank you for being here and I look forward to being your host. body justice. Today it is just me talking with you all. I want to talk about one of my most favorite modalities of therapy and how it can help us on our journey to eating disorder and OCD freedom. Before I begin, I want to share with you all a little announcement. So after this month, actually it'll be about mid-June, I'm going to be taking a little short break from the podcast. I will be back most likely by the fall or maybe a little earlier, um, trying to give myself some more me time and as much as I love providing this resource for you all, I also need time to recharge and take care of me. So I have three more episodes, including this one that I'll be releasing and then I'll be taking my short break. During that time though, you can send me all your questions for the podcast or any ideas you have about future episodes and I already have an awesome lineup for the fall. So that's my announcement. Of course, you can find me at bodyjustice.therapist and you can, on Instagram, sorry. And then you can also find me on my website and more resources at www.eatingdisorderocdtherapy.com. All right, let's get into it. What is internal family systems therapy and how can it help support your recovery from either an eating disorder or OCD, also help with a variety of other things like anxiety, depression, PTSD, substance abuse. It's really a wonderful modality that can really work for so many of our mental health struggles. The thing I love the most about internal family systems um, is that it's a really non-pathologizing, compassionate, whole person approach to therapy that incorporates a blend of somatic and attachment work and overall really seeks to unburden us from parts of ourselves. You know, if you think of eating disorder as a part of you or OCD as a part of you or the perfectionistic part or depressed part, we all have these parts. Um, The mind is naturally multiple. Um, Sometimes parts get overburdened during states of trauma and become a little stronger in a way that it kind of overtakes the rest of our system. Um, And so the the key with IFS is to try to unburden and heal those parts so that they don't have to take on such an extreme role in your life. That being said, IFS operates from the tenet that there are no bad parts, no bad parts, even your eating disorder part, even your OCD part. I know that's probably feeling like, what? I hate this part. Like, why... Why would that not be bad? Well, the nature of parts is they 
all come in our lives at a time when we need protection, right? And when we try to shame or shove them away, they usually get louder. So this approach is more like building a relationship to the part and then eventually being able to heal it so that your true self can emerge. So I already started, but I'll go over a few main tenets of the theory that are really important to understand. So like I said, IFS believes and research shows um, that the mind is naturally in a state of multiplicity, which just means we're made up of different parts. And, you know, for example, I'm a different person at work than I am at home, than I am with my friends. I mean, I'm the same person, don't get me wrong, but different parts of me are going to come out depending on the context. Um, this does not mean you have dissociative identity disorder. This does not mean we have, all have split personalities. It simply means we're complex human beings that have different parts to deal with different life situations. Um, secondly, like I said, IFS assumes there are no bad parts. All parts of us come in the service of protection, even if they appear to be destructive. So we only run into issues, like I said, when certain um, parts become completely dominant in our system and our core wise grounded self becomes more inaccessible. We're all born with this core self energy, um, which is this, this energy within us all that is calm, confident, compassionate. Um, there's two other C's that I'm forgetting right now. I think it's creative, curious, that's the one. Um, this part of us, it's not a part, sorry, it's an energy within us that has these confident, calm, curious energies, and it's sort of like our wisest self, or you know, some people call it our higher self. We all have it, we're born with it. It's usually that part of you that is able to respond to others with compassion and curiosity, um, but maybe struggle to do that with yourself. And for those of us with eating disorders or OCD, our self is likely really hard to reach. And this is true with substance abuse or PTSD as well. The self can be really hard to reach due to these parts just completely taking over. They get really what IFS calls blended with our self um, in an effort to help us survive. So if you think about the time when your eating disorder or OCD developed, it was likely during a time in your life when you really needed an anchor. That's what I always tell my clients. Um, maybe you were younger, you didn't have access to support or resources to help you really develop that wise self, to help really nourish that wise self in you. And so these parts come over and in, in an effort to take care of us, in an effort to um, take away the pain we're feeling. And we know eating disorders have have that as one of the functions, right? They really numb our painful emotions. Um, so in therapy, we, you know, we help you access your true self in order to build a relationship with your eating disorder or OCD part. Instead of pushing it away, like a lot of modalities suggest, that really just doesn't work long term. The other thing to note is there's two different kinds of parts. So there's managers and there's firefighters. And to be honest, when I'm doing IFS in a session with a client, we're not like talking about, oh, there's the firefighter, there's the manager. You can use whatever name suits it, but this kind of just denotes the difference in the function of these parts. So. The managers are parts of us that work to prevent distress before anything bad happens. 
These are usually parts of us that are perfectionistic. These can be eating disorder parts, anxious parts, ruminating parts, people-pleasing parts. They want to do everything possible to avoid any distress. And then we've got firefighters that are parts, they intervene to cope with distress after it's happened. So like, let's say you go through a trauma. How do you cope with that? What shows up? Do you turn to substance abuse or does your eating disorder get more activated or do you start obsessing and compulsing more? Those are all mechanisms to help turn down the volume on that distress. Whether it's quote unquote healthy or not, they do work to turn down that distress short term, right? This could also be like self-harm. Um, and so, and, and as, as well as suicidal parts um, or high conflict parts, they're really trying to protect us from pain. Um, they're trying to put out a fire. However, um, like I said, it's less about the type of part and more about the intention behind the part. So is the part trying to prevent distress or is it coping with the aftermath? And sometimes it can be both, you know, like eating disorders can be both managers and other parts of eating disorders can be firefighters. So uh, oftentimes restriction can be a manager and, you know, binging and purging can be um, firefighters. So it's different for everyone and it really depends on the intention of your specific part. But the moral of the story here is that they are all trying to prevent um, or cope with an aftermath of distress. They're all trying to protect us. So since we're not trying to get rid of parts, unlike other forms of therapy, we want to learn to work on building a more compassionate and curious relationship with each part. So we do this in therapy by guiding you through sort of like a meditation-like state, although it's not it's not probably what you're thinking in terms of meditation, but basically I would, I walk a client, you know, they close their eyes, they really try to focus inside, let go of kind of any everyday stressors that they might be dealing with and just focus inside. And I really help them get to that state um, and then help you unblend from whatever part is most predominant um, and then help you develop a relationship with it. So we, we try to cultivate a mindset of curiosity and compassion to whatever's showing up and then try to get permission for us to talk to it, um, to hear what it might be trying to protect you from, to learn about when it developed and why. Um, and then when we have its permission, which can take multiple sessions, it can take a long time um, because parts have a lot to say, especially if they've been with us for a really long time they're not just going to step back right away. They're not going to trust me or you right away because in their mind, they are functioning so hard to protect you and the stakes are really high if they're not protecting you, right? So it can take a lot of time and a lot of getting to know them. Um, but when we finally do have their trust and permission, we can start to help unburden them from the dominant role in your life so that you can begin accessing your true self. I know that's a lot of material, so I'm going to take a deep breath, and you can too, because it's a lot to digest. Okay, so the other key thing to know is that each part is protecting an exile. Now, an exile is sort of like an inner wounded child part in us that's become trapped at the scene of a past trauma or a stressful experience. And so this is where, you know, you think of the name internal family systems, right? There's an internal family going on in each of us. 
there's all these inner wounded children you know especially if you've experienced multiple traumas multiple life stressors which most of us have you know anything that overwhelms your ability to cope and so these inner children get stuck at the time of that trauma and these managers come about managers or firefighters whatever protector comes about to help us cope and that inner child just kind of stays in that inner child stunted growth state it doesn't really get the chance to grow beyond that um and so basic and that's because the protective parts are protecting them so much and it's a common experience right when I know for myself, when I went through eating disorder recovery and I got to a place of stable recovery, it was almost like parts of me went back to the age I was before I developed the eating disorder. Like, not in a bad way, but just like I didn't experience all the things that my peers did while I was having an eating disorder. So um, you kind of revert back because those inner children or inner teenagers get stuck. And so when we do the deep work of unburdening our protective parts from guarding those inner children, then they can be free to take on new, less destructive roles in our life. Um, And so this is the part where, you know, they don't actually, we don't actually push them away. We don't want them to go away. We just want them to take on a new, more adaptive role in your life. And then as we access more of that self, as we really unblend from all the parts and this calm, compassionate, curious, confident self emerges, um, which is in each of us, we can show our parts that our self can take care of these inner children or what IFS calls exiles, and they no longer need to run our lives. So basically we're reorienting our system. If you think of the self as kind of our inner wise parent, right? Like we're reorienting the system so that These inner children get to be inner children, but then we also have this wise inner parent self that's kind of taking care of our system instead of our protective parts that might also be harming us, like an eating disorder. Um, And then over time, you know, parts really start to trust that. They really start to trust the self. We, We build that relationship and most of the protective parts end up wanting to take on new roles in our life. They're usually tired, exhausted, or burnt out. Even though they're scared of changing roles, they're usually ready for some relief because they have good intentions. They actually do want to help you. Um, So for example, like an inner critic part might want to take on the role of now being your inner cheerleader, or an eating disorder part might want to take on the role of making sure you're truly nourishing yourself. A compulsive part could be wanting to help you take care of daily tasks in a more functional way. Every part and every person is different. So these are just some examples of ones that I commonly see with clients. Um, And when we unblend from these parts and we get to know them, we start to become more mindful. We start to become more self-led in life, you know, and It's not that you always have to access those five C's, the compassionate, curious, calm, confident, creative self. Sometimes we can, we can only access the curious or we can only access the compassionate. That's okay. That's enough to start being more self-led in your life. And this really looks like acting out, out of our wise inner parent self instead of our wounded inner children. Um, and oftentimes our parts don't recognize that we've grown up. They don't um, know that we're not in the scene of the trauma anymore. 
And so we actually in therapy have to show them, kind of ask them to metaphorically look back, you know, and see if you're imagining a protector standing in front of someone, right? Look back and see the person that they're protecting. They're no longer a child. You know, they are usually, at least for the clients I work with, um, adults, they've gone on with their life. They've got resources now. They've got people that support them. Um, and they're usually usually shocked to see that, that the person is no longer a child. Um, and that helps them relax a bit. That helps them trust that, oh, maybe... I actually don't need to be working in this way so hard anymore. And over time, you know, when our self is leading and we're developing these relationships with our parts, we begin to rely less and less on eating disorder or obsessive compulsive parts. And we naturally just feel a lot more psychological relief. So I love this because it really helps us get to the root causes of psychological distress our parts and our inner children have a lot of stories to tell us. They have a lot of feelings and beliefs about themselves that they're ready to release. And we can help them do that through this modality. Um, and it really helps us, you know, just go deeper and build a lot of self-compassion and really a secure relationship within ourselves, which later helps us form secure relationships with other people in our lives. And this is one of the most beautiful things to witness as a therapist and truly does lead to lasting healing because you know, we all need community. We need safe, secure people in our lives to turn to. And we can build this inside of us and we can also build it in community. Um, so if this resonates with you, I want you to try an experiential exercise just to kind of see how it feels. And I'll guide you through it. Um, if you're driving, maybe pause this and, and do it when you're at home in a comfortable seated position or laying down. Definitely don't do this if this is too triggering or if this feels too dysregulating. It is best done in the presence of a licensed therapist. Um, this is really just an exploratory exercise and definitely trigger warning because, you know, it's going to ask you to think back on maybe some events that have been hard. So take your time with it and go at your own pace, your own discretion. So close your eyes and just get in a comfortable position. And I'm going to invite you to just take a few deep breaths and focus your, focus your attention inwards with curiosity. Allow whatever sensations, thoughts, or images that arise to just be there. And just breathe and focus on it without judgment. Explore if whatever is showing up has a specific color, shape, or feeling. And find where it might be located in or around your body and just extend it, your curiosity. And just notice how you feel towards this part of you. If it's anything other than curiosity, calm, compassion, ask the other feelings that are showing up to just step back a little bit so we can get to know this part and its role in your life. 
you might have to reassure other parts that we're not trying to get rid of anything. We are just trying to understand the part more. When you feel curious again, just notice how you feel towards this part and ask how it feels towards you. Ask if we have permission to get to know it a little bit today or just to hear it out. Again, let it know we're not trying to push it away or get rid of it. And if we have permission, begin to just explore what it's afraid would happen if it stopped making you binge, purge, restrict, or obsess. What is it afraid would happen if it wasn't doing its job for you? Whatever it says, make sure to validate it and offer it compassion. Let it know that you get that it's trying to protect you from something. Gently ask it when it developed and what else was going on in your life at that time. Let it tell you its story. Extend in some gratitude for whatever it's showing you and let it know you're here to listen and you'll come back to listen for more in the future if it lets you. And just notice how you feel in your body now and notice how you feel towards this part. Again, just send it your gratitude and your curiosity and just take a few grounding breaths and when you're ready, you can open your eyes and come back. to check in and ask what was that like for you this is just a small window of what ifs can feel like and what it can do for us and like i said of course we're usually working with underlying trauma so when we use ifs it's definitely best to do this with a licensed clinician who is trained or certified in ifs um, you can always reach out to my practice and get on my client wait list I hope this was helpful. And again, this is not a replacement for, for individual therapy. This is for educational purposes only, but I really hope you all got something out of this. And if this sounds like a type of therapy you wanna do, you can go to ifsinstitute.com, I believe is the website, and you can find other IFS therapists or you can ask around, um, but this is just such a helpful tool. and. Yeah, thanks for being here with me today and look forward to hearing any questions or comments you all have. I'll talk to you later.